The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. For the week ending July 21st, 30-year mortgage rates rose to 5.54%. Inflation is at 9.1%. It's a tough time for the industry. So how are credit unions faring and how are they marketing themselves? Today, we check in with Bruce Adams, president and CEO of the Credit Union League of Connecticut. Good afternoon, Bruce. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm well. And so what's happening? How are your customers weathering the storm? Well, I mean, how's anybody weathering the storm right now? It's definitely a storm. And in a storm environment, you've got crosswinds, you've got precipitation coming down, you've got uncertainty. And so credit unions, just like any lender right now, are trying to find the best ways they can serve the borrower to manage the unpredictable environment. That's the biggest key right here, right now. And that's what your your credit unions are doing. So, I mean, has has business slowed for your customers, or are there still, you know, mortgages and loans that they're they're coming to you for? Well, yeah, they're coming to us for sure. Um, I think what we're seeing in the credit union space is people coming in and saying, "I know I want to sell, or I know I want to buy. What do I need to do to?" Um, to to do the right thing. And so they'll come in asking questions earlier rather than somebody uh, just walking in the door or going on the website and filling out a loan application. We had for many, many years such a low interest rate environment that it was a no-brainer or really easy just to get a new mortgage or refinance. And now it's harder. So what we're seeing is a greater uh, influx of people asking questions and asking for help making a plan to do, frankly, what is one of the biggest you know transactions and life stressors that that any American faces. Right, exactly. And so the Federal Housing Authority does allow for 40-year mortgages. And is this something that people are aware of? Is this a, a product that um, your credit unions are are dealing with? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I think the, the federal government's move to uh, make 40-year mortgages more available to borrowers is a good thing uh, because people are cash-strapped right now, and many people need a lower monthly payment to cover uh, room, to give them room for other bills and other expenses in their life. But there's trade-offs to a 40-year mortgage, which is the longer the term of the loan is, the more interest you pay over time. And the slower you build up equity in your house. So if I'm paying more interest and less principal, then if I want to refinance my loan or buy a new house, I will actually own less of it, uh, let's say over five or 10 years than I would were I paying on a 30-year mortgage or a 20-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage. So the borrower has to be thinking about the future as well as the present. 
and a 40-year term, uh, which is something the credit unions have the power to do and have had for, for many years, uh, is really important for somebody who needs uh, cash flow now. But they have to understand that they're giving up more financing options and a lower return on their investment over time. And so who who is that customer? Who who is coming to you now for the 40-year mortgage? I mean, is it somebody who's going to be invested in this property over a long period of time? Well, so the average mortgage, uh, I think across whatever term of the mortgage, the average mortgage life is, I think, between seven and nine years. So what that means is that most um, buyers will uh, refinance their loan, they'll sell their house, um, you know, let's say uh, um, there's a student loan issue where they need to take equity out and so the mortgage will change. So for the person who has, let's say, 20% able to put down on the house and they just and they intend to hold it for a couple of years, well, why not do a 40-year mortgage? Because you already have the cash you need to do your next transaction. But what we're seeing is, and this is why the Federal Housing Authority you know, came in and, and made this program more available, what we're seeing is people with lower credit scores, less cash on hand, and less cash flow. And they're looking to just get a small piece of the American dream, which is wonderful. Homeownership is great, but it's going to take you longer to get ahead with loans like that. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at originatorconnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. Originatorconnect.com. And so who is coming? Obviously, refinances have kind of fallen by the wayside at this point with the interest rates the way they are. So um, who is the typical customer that that's coming to you right now for a, a mortgage loan? Well, I think what we're seeing is more people are realizing that um, I think you've got two two pockets or pools of, of borrowers that are coming. You've got people who um, own a house, who have a good amount of equity in it, and who are wanting to take advantage of the spike in home prices. And so they realize that if they sell now, they can lock in the investment return they've got. They're the trade-off for them, of course, is that the new loan they'll get will be at a higher interest rate. But if they own 30 or 40% of their house and they can put that much down on the new house, then they will have to borrow less money. So then you pay less interest because your, your loan is smaller. The other pool of borrower are people who realize that, hey, they've made it through the pandemic. Perhaps they haven't spent as much money as they you know would have normally. They have savings built up. Maybe the credit score is a little low because they had maybe some disruptions during during you know the, the pandemic. So um, they deferred paying bills and their credit score got knocked. But they realize they have, they think they have the ability to buy a house. And so they'll come in the door looking for a way to get in now, especially given the fact that interest rates could rise even more. So I mean, remember back in the 80s, interest rates were 15% or more. So still at, at five, five and a half percent, you know, it's still a pretty low rate historically. Right. Historically weathering this trend. So um, 
are are your customer service representatives, you know, um, kind of seasoned in this? Are they they're necessarily not panicking like you know people who are new to the industry and this is their first time that they're experiencing this sort of market? I mean, credit unions deal with people like that all the time, and um, I, I have a good example from the student loan space where parents came in saying they wanted to take out a huge loan to um, help their kid go to I think it was Stanford. Um, and to cover all, you know, all these expenses and these, these parents didn't really have the money or the wherewithal to be able to do that. And the credit union worked with, with those parents and the, the student to make a better choice about which university to attend. And so we'll see this all the time with home buying decisions or car buying decisions where somebody comes in wanting you know, wanting the the T-bone and then you have to sort of counsel them down to the hamburger, right? And and that's part of having a good relationship with your financial institution. You know, I think in this day and age with a, as I said earlier, with a volatile economy, unpredictable interest rates, you want somebody who you can trust to help you make the right financial decision at the beginning, not just give you the money and hope it works out for the best. And so is this what's happening more or less these days? I mean, are, are people coming in um, with these really open-ended questions about um, their financial futures? Yes. And we have uh, at the league, uh, we've instituted a program over the past couple of years to actually get more uh, people within individual credit unions themselves who are certified financial counselors. And they're, um, they're people who, you know, take an exam and study and learn how to counsel a person with their financial questions. And it's free. And it's totally, uh, it's totally in that person's best interest. So the credit union in that case, isn't selling their products to the, to the borrower, to the member, they're having a conversation about managing your entire uh, financial life before you make the big transaction. So here's a good example. Somebody comes in wanting to buy a house, the credit score is okay, uh, but not great. And when the financial counselor looks at this person's you know, picture, they realize that there's a couple of old outstanding debts that the borrower hasn't paid down. Maybe it's credit card debt, what have you, um, or they're paying 12% on a car loan that they could refinance down to six or 4%. Well, the advice would be, let's clear up those debts. Let's refinance that car loan to give you more money every month so that you can buy the house you want. So it's not just a siloed little conversation. It's looking holistically at the person's financial wellness and helping them be the, you know, the best financial actor they can be across the spectrum. So is this a problem? Are people coming in with with really low um, credit scores and and you guys are having to look and and begin to help them because they know that home ownership is what builds wealth. Um, but at the same time, with the interest rates being what they are um, and, you know, now with the new standards, having to have a very high credit score in order to get a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, I think with credit unions, we do see that um, average credit scores are uh, that credit unions can lend to people or often do lend to people with somewhat lower credit scores than than other more traditional financial institutions, because we're able to look at more factors. So if a person has gone from a 650 credit score 
to let's say a 680 or a 700 credit score because over the last 12 months, they've led a very disciplined financial life. The credit union will take that into account and say, wow, this person has really behaved well financially for 12 months. And so we'll take more of a risk on that person perhaps than, than some other um, larger institution with you know a, a ton of rules that in boxes they just have to check in order to give the loan. So yes, we are seeing people who have had um, a, a very rocky road over the past couple of years financially. And um, but maybe let's say before that they were doing just fine and very stable financially. So how do we work with people to help them get back on track so they can get back to sort of pre-pandemic stability? Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bruce. Thank you. And next up, your headlines for today, July 22nd, after a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here are your headlines for today, July 22nd. With waning affordability and rising mortgage rates purging the market, both LendingTree and First American saw a recent uptick in adjustable rate mortgages. Borrowers are being offered arms over three times as often as they were a year ago. Though the number of arm offers has increased significantly, the number of fixed rate mortgage offers has decreased by 9.2%. And what's happening in the non-QM marketplace? Non-QM was popular at the start of the year, but Kevin Heal says many feel they've taken enough of a risk for now. They want something safer. And finally, homes are spending a longer time on the market. The typical home sold during the four weeks ending July 17th spent 19 days on the market, one day longer than last year. This marks the first time in two years that the medium time on the market has posted a year-over-year gain. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.